This is Turner Mining Live, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at how we're innovating to change the game and grow a business in an ancient but still booming industry. Hey guys, welcome back. It is Keaton Turner and to my right. What's up, everybody? I have the guy that keeps me out of trouble. And we got uh, another tries to. Another fun guest. So this is two podcasts in two days. We did Paul Moran yesterday. Oh. Oh. There it is. Sound like a bottle. What do you got there? We got Coors Banquet today. Coors Still Banquet looking beer. for that core sponsorship of the podcast. Yeah, we are not sponsored. Uh, it'd be sweet to be sponsored by Coors. Oh, I hear their by, brand is doing well. Yeah, their brand is killing it right now. Um, so we got a, we got a fun. I'm not going to touch that on this <laughs> podcast. We got. A, we'll keep it mining focused. We've got a fun guest today. Um, two podcasts in two days. We're actually going to do another. Try to do another one today. Yeah, hopefully we're going to we're going to rack them up. Um, because a couple of us have some vacations coming up. So. Yeah. Uh, Awesome guest. This guy is fun. We had a blast last night. We laughed a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, stories that I hope will be shared on this podcast in the future with some other guests that join. Um, but we today with us, we have our very own Austin. Uh, what's Liz call you? Aust- uh, Austi on- Onstody? Yeah, I think it's uh, Austi Anstody. Uh, <laughs> so she changes the letters a little bit at the... Uh, the end of both the first name and last name. So we have Austin, uh, um, and I say Anstoder. You say Anstoder. I say Anstetter. Anstetter. It depends who you ask. Uh-huh. Even people in my family will pronounce it differently. So yeah. just just depends who you ask. Who who the heck is Austin? You pe- people haven't probably seen you near as much. You're not on the camera. No, I'm kind of kind of hidden behind the scenes in the office. So uh, yeah, I I try and get out to sites every now and then and. Um, probably Montana the most, but for better yeah, or for worse, yeah. The last <laughs> last six months, it's pretty much been uh, pre bid walks or. So who is office. Austin, and what do you do? What so give someone a, like a two minute rundown so they get some background on you if they've never heard of you. Yeah, so um, started here just over two years ago. Yep. Um, Whoop. started as a director of operations, so. A lot of my time was spent um, trying to help projects, whether it's people coordination, equipment coordination, just trying to put out fires or, or help the project teams out. And a lot of my time was spent in uh, Montana at our project there the first six months or so. And then you weren't on you weren't on the project the first year, right? You came in. No, I, I was on it the first year. So from the very start. Uh, not from the very start. They had started a couple months before I had started okay. here. So, wow. Because yeah, remember, we went up early. Yeah, you lived through some stuff up there. <laughs> I have been uh, been through some things. So, <laughs> so, so on the bottom of uh, my course banquet top, it says, "Sweat is the cologne of success." And oh, I was wow. like, "If that's not perfect for Austin and Montana, very fitting." I would say that for your last two years. Oh, but sure. Yeah, keep going. I mean, yeah, we're just in your first couple months. Yeah, so um, spent the first six months or so at a, a project in Montana, came back to our office in Salt Lake and um, was heavily involved with change orders and um, project invoicing, uh, a lot of that stuff that, of that nature. And then um, recently here, probably in the last six months, um, took on a new role as the director of engineering. So been a lot more involved with estimates, um, project startup, 
pre-construction for some of these projects that we have just gotten and then also doing some replanning for projects that we already have that are more seasonal. So um, done a little bit of everything here in the first two years, whether it's acting as a project manager or cost controls guy or an estimator, but it's it's been good. It's uh, offered a lot of different insight to different areas of the company. I, you know, it's funny, uh, and I didn't really realize this until you started talking. I don't, I really don't know that anyone, um, can you hear me okay? I don't know that anyone has, has worn oh, yeah. more hats than you have in your short amount of time. Do now, you literally mean, because ha- he wears a hat well, all yeah, the yeah. time. No, no I, literally and, phys- and figuratively, okay. Okay. because... Patton has worn a lot of hats here. He's oh, he's yeah. been he's hired guys. You know he when when we started we early, were early days, very early. <laughs> you at least came through when we were somewhat established. But even in the last two years, you have done a lot of different things. Yeah, um, you've had to fire some people. That I, I have had to fire some people. I've uh, hired some people. Um, acted <laughs> as a project manager. Um, Heavily involved with accounting stuff, estimating. Um, you were here for the heavy job rollout. Yep, I was here was for the challenge. for the heavy job implementation and design and that whole process. So um, you've lived through the ERP stuff. You've been part time uh-huh. accounting with invoices. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I've experienced pretty much everything you possibly could in a in a two year. Time frame. So, so, so let's back up even further because you you are an engineer. Yep. Uh, for better or for worse, you're not. You yeah, know, I, I don't like to admit it, but <laughs> it doesn't act like all the other engineers. No, he definitely doesn't act like that's an a shot to engineers. Yeah. You are an engineer. You came from uh, a couple of very well established companies. McCarthy actually recruited me out of college back yeah. in the day. Mm-hmm. So you you know you came into this. Uh, somewhat of like a traveling circus back, you know, when we were starting in Montana, uh, new territory for us, really challenging project and, and environment and location, so remote. What in the world did you think your first, I mean, what, <laughs> two-part question. what do you think your first six months in, but what do you think now, two years in? It, it's a lot different. And I know a lot of people come on here and and they say the same thing, but it, it really is a lot different in just the short time that I've been here. Um, like you said, I, I came from two very structured, large organizations that have been in business for 50, hundred plus years. So McCarthy and Granite. Yep. And it, not to say that it wasn't challenging there because it's, there's still struggles with even when you do have processes or or structure and things like that, it can be challenging because that's the way they do it. And even if you see a better way to do it, that's the way it is. So, um, it was obviously challenging, not kind of trying to navigate that and make sure one, I was doing what I was supposed to, but two, that I wasn't stepping on anybody's toes. So, um, but even in the last, I'll say 12 to 18 months, we made huge strides with, like you said, the HCSS implementation, um, the ERP, both which I was heavily involved with. Um, and to see it go from where we were to where we are now is is a pretty crazy and yeah. drastic uh, adjustment and change in the last 18 months. And, yeah. and you know, I think um, 
one of the biggest misconceptions that people have with growing growing anything from scratch is how hard it is. You know, you come from a company where you have processes, you have systems, they're already established. Somebody sometime implemented them and they've just used them for a number of years, whether yeah. they work perfectly or not. Doing it yourself, like like mm-hmm. going from no heavy job, we were using a whole different system back then, and then trying to implement heavy job across the company to where your guys in the field are in, inputting data that then their crew gets paid off of, right? Payroll, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah. You screw up somebody's payroll and they're, they are coming Oof. after you. Yeah, you you will know it when it happens because <laughs> it, it will not take them long to pick up the phone and call you. <laughs> yeah. So you do that, but then you're also trying to tie that into a new ERP. Um, and maybe you can explain what an ERP is here in just a second. But people don't really understand how long it takes to build all that, build the processes and the database and the links between the two. And and he's been in it the whole, I mean, all of it. Do, do you have a different view or different perspective maybe on what it takes to go from a mom and pop contractor in the dirt to where McCarthy and Granite are with their systems now? I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of hard work from everybody. Um it's not a fast process. That's the one thing I would say is you're not going to just flip on a light switch yeah. and it's it's working. And even when you have it established and you're using it, right? I mean, we just had meetings yesterday and we talked about things that we can improve with those systems. So yeah. it's a constantly changing thing where even when you get them in place after the six months, 12 months that it takes, it's, it's constantly evolving um, and changing and you're trying to make that system that you now have even better. Yeah. So I think the one advantage that I had that maybe made the transition a little bit easier was I was familiar with a lot of these programs. Right. So I kind of knew, especially with HCSS, I knew the direction that we needed to go. It wasn't starting from scratch and saying, well, I don't know anything about this program. So I hope it works. Yeah. We, so. we are going to get a thousand phone calls from every construction management software under the sun because we keep saying that name. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we I, didn't I get any see, discount. I, could, I know, anything. I like, know, but I can, we should bleep I can, out their name. I can see it coming. I can see. It I coming. mean, it's been it's, no, it's been a it's great just, addition, and, and they're great. Co- I'm not knocking. It. I'm laughing because it's just like we say that several times, and Procore, and yeah. <laughs> so the company's going to be like, what? So. Yeah, it's it, it's been um, uh, it's been definitely trying. I mean, you know, I think that's the best word I have because we we had data pre heavy job good, and, and good data and good data pre heavy job and pre ERP we had data, but it didn't all live in an ecosystem where you know it was usable. And it wasn't user permissioned, and it wasn't set up to get distributed automatically. Like it was a very we collected a lot of really good info. It just then took more hands on that data yeah. to actually do something with yeah. it, which is always tough. And, yeah. And I think the the one thing that kind of drove that change was a lot of the work that I, that I got here um, that we were doing were, okay, you may have 10 cost centers or 10 cost codes and the systems we were, were using worked. And then we pick up a, more civil yeah. mining type job where now you got yeah. 200 and yeah. it's, it was just hard to do it with the systems that we had. Like you said, Thomas, not to say that they weren't working. It was just, you started getting into a, a realm where 
it didn't work for where we were going. Yeah. You can't, you, if, if the complexity is low, you can have a process where people touch data multiple times. Right. But where, when complexity gets high, yeah. it is very costly now every single time somebody is touching data. So you needed to move through a process basically untouched from beginning to, you know, action or report or whatever the outcome is. So. Yeah. And you're, you're digging dump jobs, you know, stripping, you know, dig here, dump there. You've got one or two unit prices, exactly. right? A tailings dam with liner and subs and materials and walls, you know, it's, it's a different world. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. And, um, it having the systems we have now helps us tremendously and we, we can go into a system and look at a cost for the day or yeah, right. We can run a plan and say, "Hey, this is going to work, or this is not going to work." And it it gives the it empowers the guys in the field too to be able to make those decisions, Great where they can on. run scenarios and do their best and have the data that they need to to make those in field decisions. Yeah. So we were talking last night. We were all hanging out here after our meetings and uh, telling stories. Some of the stories we can't tell on here, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> But we're going to have some people on that can tell some of the stories. <laughs> but the theme was, you know, and especially for you, you've had a very unique seat. You've been in our Salt Lake office since day one. Yep. Uh, I think we opened the office back in like March. And what, when did you join? Like, uh, I started the very beginning of May yeah. of 21. So, yeah. so yeah. I had gotten there at the time that I had gotten there it was still pretty empty. There was a few people there, but... Yeah. Um, it had only been around for a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, and if you remember, I mean, we signed then. We didn't have furniture in there for a little bit. I mean, yeah. you basically yeah. came in like yeah, you a were week one of the after first. furniture. Arrived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were one of the first. And you have tons of stories. Like I said, we're not going to tell all of them because, you know, I we can't. <laughs> but I, one of the themes was after hearing a lot of those stories was, you know, the 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 thing you stepped into when you left Granite and came here, uh, you know, we I didn't know you. You had some connections with some of the people that were out in Salt Lake, but I, I didn't really know you. And you've lived through all that for two years. And you made a comment, I think even just a few minutes ago, that, yeah, you know, we, we lived through some struggles and challenges and learnings, but, you know, it's no different than a big company. Yeah. I had a conversation with a previous employee a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He goes, I left Turner thinking you guys were screwed up. <laughs> I went to this massive company, 100-year-old company, and I realized that you guys weren't that screwed up compared to these guys, you know? It's unique perspective. Yeah, and every company is going to have their own um, struggles or, or things that people don't like, and it's it just here you have – the ability, and even like we talked yesterday, you have the ability to improve those processes. Um, like I mentioned earlier, big company, it's that's the way it is. And yeah, you may have a great idea that they're gonna they're gonna be like, yeah, we need to change some things, but it's not gonna be like we talk. We can make that happen in a month, right? That's yeah. a year, two years, three years down the road type thing. So I think that's the biggest thing is we can. We've got the people that can come up with the ideas and make the changes, make the processes, make everyone's life easier. And we also have the ability to make it happen quickly. Yeah. Which is nice. 
Yeah, and and I think um, you know I I look back to when we were even a smaller company, the the speed in which we were making decisions was so fast. Now, it wasn't always the right decision, which no, unfortunately, which is why we slow down a little bit now, and it takes a little longer to make a decision. But I think that's even more true. The the bigger the company gets, the just naturally the slower it gets. The processes. you know, sometimes can stifle like creativity and um, unique ideas, but it definitely adds time to the decision making process. Which, you know, in a in a in a growing business, I want to I want to be fast. Like I want to be faster than the people that we're competing against. Yeah, and I think the other thing that helps us a lot is you look at it's a young company. Um, nobody's been here for. 30 years, right? It's, it's not that old of a company. So a lot of the people have different experiences from different companies, a lot of those bigger companies. And it's nice to be able to sit in a room and say, well, Cade, this is how he did it. Austin, this is how he did it. Jake, this is how he did it. Patton did it this way. And we've got all those different viewpoints where maybe not one's the right direction, but we can pick and choose our experiences and what we've learned at those big companies and make something that's going to work for us. Right. Yeah. Because those big company policies or procedures probably aren't the way we want to run things or the way we, that's going to work best for us. But if we kind of take bits and pieces of that, we can mold it and make it yeah. what's going to work for us. Yeah. So you've, you've lived through a couple different bosses here over your two years um, for better, or for worse. What, you know, if you had to look back, um, and, and I, and I know you've had fun times. I don't want to make this all doom and gloom because you, you, we've had a lot of fun and we've done a lot of really good things. You've been, you've been critical in winning some really big projects, estimating some big projects, um, dealing with project changes and then repricing. You build budgets for all of our projects. Um, you've done a lot of amazing stuff. If you look back, uh, through all the crap you had to eat over the last two years to be sitting where you are now, what, why, if you had to, if you had to answer, why did you endure all that? You're a young guy, right? How old are you? Uh, 32. It'll be 33 here in about a month. You know how many 33 year olds, the second <laughs> they get kicked in the balls, they, they, oh, I quit. I'm going to go work somewhere else. Right. And you've probably, you know, I, I would, I would say, Thomas, you may have a different opinion. You've probably been kicked in the balls more than anybody in the company. Oh, over, over this duration? Over two years. Absolutely at the top of the if list. If you spread it out over four years, there's maybe a couple others. Yeah, well, no, and I, I'm, I'm not even saying uh, like length of time. I'm saying like for this window of time. Because, I mean, there were, we had some people get kicked in the balls in previous years, but for this yeah. <laughs> At top of us, and you were here for the two years where, like, the growth was so different—a different office, a different culture, different people. Um, What what in the world made you stay when some people wouldn't have? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Um, No, I I think circle of trust. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Come on. Um, No, I think I think the thing you have to realize is you don't get where you want to be. And you don't reap the rewards that you want to see. If you don't work hard and you don't go through some things. And there were plenty of times I could have thrown in the towel and um, gone back to previous employers or found something else. But 
I think at the end of the day, the, the thing that kept me here, kept pushing me to stay and push through everything was the fact that it is a small group. There is a lot of room for growth. There's a lot of room for success here. And, and, and truly that's part of the reason why I left where I was, right? I, to get to the spot that I'm currently at would have taken me another 15 to 20 years. And, um, being at a company like this, you have the opportunity to grow quickly. And the other thing is the harder you work, the more it's seen, uh, sometimes you get lost in the, lost in the weeds, um, no matter what you do. And, uh, I think that's the biggest thing is like, and I, I tell this to some of our younger guys too. Um, kind of got in on the ground floor, right? Yeah. The company had been around for three or four years before I got here, but we're still at that level where you're on the ground floor. So keep that in mind. Every time you, you want to throw in the towel, remember that this, this thing's only going to get bigger and better and you got to push through it. And if you've been here for 10 years and it's a 15 year company, you're going to have a lot more opportunities than the guy that walked yeah. in the door yeah. six months ago. Yeah. So it's so, it's so, I mean, it's, I preach it all the time because I've seen some of my best friends work here and leave and get frustrated, whatever. Uh, but I've seen other people that I didn't even know, but you could tell were talented. And the second they hit a roadblock, they're like, yeah, yeah, screw it. I'm yeah. on to the next company. And I think, um, and I saw this even at my previous employer, um, the way you grow and learn the quickest is being thrown into the fire, being thrown into the pack of wolves. And that's how I progressed quickly at my previous employer and kept that mindset of this is what you got to do. And yeah, it may suck. Does it suck going in at three o'clock in the morning to make sure we get a bid done on time? Yeah, but it's part of the, part of the deal. And I, I mean, even bring up a guy like, like Andrew, one of our, our project managers. Yep. He, uh, he's been here the same amount of time I have. He's had the opportunity to go from a project engineer to a project manager very quickly. Yep. Yeah, he's a and stud. Things like that don't happen at a large company. Mm-hmm. He may be a top performer, but there's somebody in the background saying, well, yeah, like he's got to be here at least three years or five years for this, right? And and how many 20-year Yeah, that's somebody has veteran. no context too, by the way. Yeah. That's exactly. the worst part about how it. How many 20-year yeah. veterans do you think Andrew could outwork, outsmart, you know, literally run circles around them from a management perspective. He's, he's young. So he doesn't have necessarily the 20 years of experience that somebody that's older would, but we've had people right shoulder to shoulder with him. And I'm not going to name any names, but he made them look silly with his ability. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. He, he's going to ask for help, but he's the one driving owners meetings and, he, I mean, he comes up with ideas every day that I'm like, well, I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing. And the other thing that's, that's good about being here is age doesn't play that, but you don't need 20 years of experience to, to throw your idea out there. Right. Yep. Andrew's been here two years. How many times have we listened to his idea and said, yeah, that's the direction we're going. And he's the one selling it. And at a certain point, yes, experience does matter, age does matter, but sure. 
He's also been through the ringer just like I have. Yeah, and he he's learned a lot and come yeah. a long ways in the two years that he's been here. So uh, I absolutely think there's 20 year guys that he could run circles around. And some people may call me crazy for saying that, but if you work with the kid for a week, you'll understand why. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's so, it's so wild to hear your perspective right after we had Paul on here yesterday, who is, you know, w- many years, your senior, but he, he basically in a nutshell said, Oh, I've learned more from the young people yeah. here than I have any of the old guys. And I would echo the best ideas that, that I can at least recall from memory that have been thrown around here have been from the younger folks, yeah. not the guys that have been here with 30 years experience. I, I think, um, so in when you can have, and, and you said this Austin, and I really actually appreciate you highlighting it when you can have a culture where the ideas merit is what is evaluated, not the idea generator, right? Not the person, but the actual idea. I think that changes. It it, it levels the playing field and changes things. And I think it's one of our strongest, well, it's one of our values, but I think it's one of our strongest cultural elements is the whole thing about being innovative, right? And we don't just kind of put that up as like a corporate word. Like we live it where we listen to Andrew's ideas and we're trying to actually, you know, either maybe even improve them, but at least kind of start with them. That I think is rare. And I think it's why we hear Paul say he's learning so much because there's a lot of cultures where, no, we are not going to hear your ideas and, and that's not the way we do things here at Turner. And I think that's a big difference there. Yeah, and it makes people, that's also going back to what we were talking about before, that's what makes people stay too. If, if you're constantly being praised or your ideas are being taken seriously and those, the idea that you came up with, not to say the, the first draft of that was what we're going to go with, but if the baseline of the idea was yours, that makes a person feel good. And mm-hmm. you think back on those little moments and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm frustrated right now, but look at all the things that I was taking serious on as a, a younger guy in the industry that a lot of times people don't take seriously. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, one of the things you said was um, if you come here and work hard and I think so many people, that have come and gone also don't necessarily, it's easy for everyone to like hear the, well, you got to work hard thing. Cause it's very vanilla. It's very generic, but you've seen people come here and, and, and smart people, but don't put in the time. Don't put in the hours. Don't put in the extra effort. Um, you know, if you're not having, especially at our age, right? 30 mid thirties and younger, if you're not having the really difficult, uh, conversations and difficult struggles in your early career, you're not going to, you're not going to be prepared late in your career. Yeah. That's why I think Andrew's experience, yeah. you can compare Andrew to some people on some of our other projects. Andrew's experience set that he's getting with a difficult project in a remote location, trying to keep, um, you know, people from walking off the job because their girlfriend called him back home and blah, blah. You hear it all right. Like, yeah. That set of experience, he'll never forget it, and it will serve him so much better. No matter what he transitions to, whether it's an office role or not, it that stuff is yeah. like a prerequisite to get where he wants to go. I, I feel like no, I I agree, and 
that project's probably the most significant as far as you can gain a ton of experience in just being up there for a season, right? Yep. Andrew's going on his third season up there. And I mean, I look at it from the first day I was up there with him, his first year here, and he's a quiet kid. And he has learned so much. And it's, you have to have those types of challenging projects where you're, you're constantly struggling and worrying and trying to figure things out. It It's going to make you better in the end. It, if you spend the first five years of your career on an easy project that just runs itself, yeah. you're not learning anything. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's what I contribute. Some of what got me here and kind of the mentality that I have is I spent three years working for a client that is very demanding and that's a good thing. Um, it made me think it made me look into things a, a lot more than I would have if I was just on cruise control and on some easy sit, job. Yeah. Sit back in my chair and hang out. But yeah. it, uh, five years of that experience in my opinion is worth 20 years yeah. on a job yeah. that's just on cruise control. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I've seen so much change in Andrew just in the last couple of years, oh. you know, from when he started to now and listening to him, you know, run meetings and talk to the owner and seeing some of his submittals and RFIs and letters. I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing, but it's also, it's what you've done. And it's why I think you've worn so many hats as, and, you know, even like last week when you had your couple day hiatus over the weekend, which is crazy to say that we couldn't get a hold of somebody on the weekend. So we're worried about them. But I think everybody on, you know, everybody on staff that at least works with you was, you know, they know how hard you work. They know that you're, and, and your woman's here, like, we're all hanging out last night. She's like, oh, yeah, it's like 1 in the morning, and Austin's, you know, getting a bid done or getting a budget done or something. And I'm like, hey, 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 we, we don't need burnout sitting on the other side. Of but people recognize it. I mean, it's, it is um, – I, I don't want to say it's the industry and it's what you got to do and it is what it is because, you know, it, maybe that's not for everybody. But I think the people that are at least willing to put in those seasons – because it is a season, right? Yeah. You'll have a – You'll have a chill season where you, ha- you don't have to work on a Friday or whatever. But if you're willing to grind through those seasons and not just throw in the towel when it, the second you face some adversity, that's, I to me, and and uh, Joe Rogan goes off on this. It's not Joe Rogan. It's um, uh, Dana White goes off on this rant yeah. about kids being successful. And there's a lot of expletives in it, so I'm not going to say it. But if you want to be a savage in this industry the way you are, Dude, 20 years from now, I don't think anybody competes with those kind of people. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It's, yeah, am I sometimes working at 1, 2 in the morning? Yeah, but I also know how to maintain that work-life balance. I may be in the office at 1 o'clock in the morning trying to get a bid done, but the bid goes in at 2 o'clock, I'm out of there. I'm yeah. not I'm not staying till 5 or 6, and I may come in late the next day. And yeah. it's just about knowing how to manage your time and um, keep that work-life balance. There, there are days that you have to work 12, 15, 16 hours, but if you can balance it out, you help yourself from getting burnt out. And yep. at the end of the day, you're still doing what you need to do. And if you can find people with that mentality that are willing to go the extra mile or willing to stay up and do the bid or whatever it is, those are the people you want to find because – 
they're going to help drive change and drive. Yeah. It, it, it helps everybody else, right? If, if I'm working side by side with a guy and he's in at two in the morning, as a young engineer, I would have been same thing. Okay, yeah. what do I need to do? What do you need from me? Yeah. And I think that's the big thing is if you can have that mindset and manage it, don't go crazy like you're yeah. saying, Thomas, yeah. burn yourself out. But if you can manage it and have that mentality, you will make it so much further than the guy that is just perfectly fine with being a project manager for the next 25 yeah. years. I yeah. See, I think, you know how you talk all the time about like thinking like an owner. Like to me, like everything you just said is thinking like an owner. There is a short-term aspect of needing to get something done and it's critical and it's important and you're going to take the time to go do it, right? And yet, you're going to know when to throttle back so that way you don't, because as an owner, you don't, you also don't want to go too far, right? You don't want to go too far. And so, you know, you got to run this race for a long time. And, and I just think like, just even hearing you say that, it's like, yes, that is someone like everybody should want people like that on their team because it creates results the business needs and doesn't put the business in jeopardy from a human capital or talent perspective. They, they know how to maintain themselves for duration and get everything done when, when it needs to be. Yeah. So this is a great transition because you talk about work-life balance. Um, you, uh, congratulations. You're the new owner of a, of a, a mini farm, an alpaca farm, or what kind of farm is it going to be? It, uh, it's changed quite a bit. Um, I heard a bison. I was yeah. saying it, Cade's mailing things. To yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried what might show up, uh, from Cade. Um, but no, it's, it's a house that we just bought, um, actually this week and it's got a nice little four or five acre area and pond and covered patio and have some it, have it timber on and it'll be good. It's, it's uh, Ashley's already, I'm probably sure writing down lists of animals and things that she wants. And <laughs> well, you know, on, on the days where like you guys aren't getting together, you know, 20 acres, you can get lost and not see her for a while. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I definitely can. I, uh, luckily it's a rectangle, so it's going to be hard to get lost, <laughs> Okay, but I'm sure I can get lost out there somewhere. No, it's awesome. I mean, I, uh, it's your first home, right? Yep. Yeah, correct. Home. But it's so cool to me that because some people that's what they that's like their life goal right if i oh if i could just buy a little piece of land get out away from people the pond and uh you know a, a wood burning stove you got like a little shop with like a wood burning stove yeah there's a pole barn with a three-car garage and a wood burning stove so i'll spend most of my uh winter weekends in there doing something yeah fridge full of beer like that's what life's about I know. I just I just popped my tab here, and it says, uh, "What you're made of matters." Jeez, which is cool. This is like, like I haven't had a banquet beer in a long time. I know, and these are like Austin, like perfect one. Luck is hard work residue. Love that. That's uh, that's very true. <laughs> that's that's a great one. But you know, I think it's really cool because you're somebody that you know um, has worked hard has you know, here made a massive impact. I mean, you just sat in a room oh. full of, of, uh, organizational leaders yesterday and you were like a critical piece to the things we're going to go do and, and build around and, uh, and to then go buy something mm -hmm. where you can 
get away and you're not gonna be far from the office, you know, you're 20, 30 minutes away. Yep. Um, I mean, it's like, it's living the dream. Yeah. Like it's really cool. I'm excited for you. Yeah. And I, to go back to what we were saying, I think everything that I've, I've had to go through the last two years, this is kind of the payoff, right? Yeah. I've got the, the house now and, um, the land and I'll be working with you guys more often. And that's what people need to realize is sometimes it takes a little longer. Sometimes it'll take some time, but if you put in the effort, things will pay off and things will, will work out. And, um, yeah, if you were sitting in, if you were sitting in big timber a year and a half ago, so you're six months into Turner, you're on a challenging project, some challenging folks there at the time, could you see what you're doing now, like, and how uh, in, uh, integral you are into like our success as a company and all the things you touch? I think it took a little bit of time. I could start and get a to, to get a feel for it um, initially, but it always takes a while to get your feet underneath you. No matter how experienced you are, it takes time to adjust to a new company, and like you guys said, going through that experience in the first six months, yeah, it was painful and it was tough, but it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because Mm -hmm. I learned so much about the company and about the processes and procedures and the way we do things. I learned it so much more quickly in that six month time than I would have ever had if I sat in the office for those six, those six months. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I tell people all the time, um, be patient with us, with our company. Just be patient with us because I can promise you we'll be different next month than we are now. We'll be way different in six months. And, and in a year, we'll probably be like unrecognizable from where we were. And, and the only reason I say that is because I've literally watched it year after year. Yeah. We're so different. And- I mean, but I look at some of the people that could have and probably should have stayed here and they went on to do something else whatever because their opportunity wasn't you know they didn't see it right in front of them at the time or maybe they got frustrated or whatever if they would have stayed in in, in the way austin did oh, yeah. man it, i can name like three off off hand so would. i i think there's a patience but i also think bearing in what austin said there is a signing up for the challenge right or or taking on the thing that we know is not going to be easy yeah. yet is critically important. Right? Yeah. Because it's not what I wouldn't want people to hear in your patience comment is just, it's sit back just and chill. Pa- exactly. Yeah. It's just pa- I think it's patience and in some senses perseverance, right? Like it's, it's, it's the ability to not expect it to change tomorrow and keep working on the things that you realize are important for, you know, your own success, but also the company's success. It's that combo that I think unlocks, you know, the 18 months from now or a year from now, you can't, you can't even imagine what's sitting on, on the other side of that. Yeah. And I would say, don't be afraid of it. Um, a lot of times people are like, well, that's going to be very tough and difficult and travel they yeah they're like well i I don't know like got a dog and my mom is like making me food Uh yeah exactly and Uh and they don't want to they don't want to get outside their comfort zone the only way you're gonna grow 
is what you said, perseverance and patience, but you also got to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. I like that. And, That's a great ad. um, if you just stay the straight and narrow and you don't venture off that little line that you're walking, you'll get there eventually, but it's going to take a, a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. I like to take shortcuts, Yeah, not yeah. shortcuts in doing my work, but <laughs> no, I, I want to find the quickest way to get there. Yeah. And if that means I've got to go work at a remote job, 14, 16 hours a day for six months, I'd rather do that for six months than work yeah. in the office environment yeah. for three years. Yeah. 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 I hear it. Yeah, and I, I, again, that's why I think that um, so many people want that instant grat. We talked about it with Paul. They want that instant gratification. They want that like, dude, I'm going to work here for three months, and I'm going to get promoted to a superintendent, and then I'm a VP, and then I'm a president, and then I'm and you you run that out, and you're like, you can't go to the next thing until you've fulfilled all the things it takes to kind of check that prerequisite off, right? And 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 we've we've just recently given some opportunities to some people that you know to go to a job that I think would it would absolutely yeah. catapult their career, but they're like yeah you know I don't think that's in my cards I I'm happy what I'm doing and but they're they're only looking at in my perspective maybe they've got a different one but they're only looking at what's right in front of them and comfort and convenience is a is an absolute career killer yeah yeah i just i have fully believe that comfort and convenience will kill a career especially when you're young and and i think it's not that you have to always take the biggest challenge on next but no somebody else might right so it's not and 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 keaton knows this like i i love the market because it's a great equalizer and so it's like, you don't you don't have to sign up for it, and then no one should force you to. Like, if you don't want that next thing, don't take it. But just know, somebody else will. And then you better not look at that other person and watch, you know, what happens with them, and and be, you know, in any way remorseful or jealous or anything. Like, it's like you just gotta. I I get that there are different seasons of life. And I get that sometimes timing works in your favor and sometimes timing works against you. But just knowing, remember, somebody else will, like it is a, it is a great reminder. Yeah, and I pretty much from the start, I was told by one of the guys that I worked with previously um, as an intern, he was my project manager, and he goes, the thing that will benefit you the most is work as hard as you can in the first 10 years of your career when you don't have a family and you don't have all these things that are, are holding you back or it makes it more difficult. He goes, work as hard as you can for the first 10 years of your career. And he goes, the next 20 to 30 will be easy. Yeah. He goes, where people screw up is they they try and get by and they try and just do the the bare minimum or or things like that. And then they start asking questions. Well, I started the same time as this guy. Why did he get promoted before me? And then they're trying to play catch up. And it's a lot harder to play catch up when you have the family and outside interests. And it makes it tough. Go grind and work as hard as you can when you're young. Yeah. And you can stay up yeah. till 4 a.m. and <laughs> yeah. do all those things. Work as hard as you can in that first 10 years. And not to say it's not going to be difficult for the next 30, but it will make your life a lot easier that yeah. next 30 years if you just 
put in the effort and, and work as hard as you can the first 10. There's, there's a, there's a saying, and I might, I might mess it up a little bit, but it's basically like, you know, learn in your twenties, grind in your thirties, build in your forties and then chill in your fifties. Right. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's not like work all the way to 65 and then retire and you're beat up and worn out, but there is so much learning that can be done in your twenties. And in your thirties, you just have to grind it out. I, I, I believe that, you know, the harder the work you're doing, the better the reward. Uh-huh. And it may not always be financial. Like a lot of people are like, oh man, if I'm going to go take that terrible job, it yeah. better pay me way more. Well, part of the reward may just be in the experience you get. Yep. Like you put this thing on a resume, maybe you didn't get the five or $10,000, you know, uh, pay bump. But you've got this on a resume that gets you something five years from now yeah. or three years from now that you never would have gotten. Uh, and I and I just, you know, kind of play this back to my own experience. I was on an airplane uh, <laughs> all over the country for like the first eight or nine years of my career. Like got to a million miles on my airline like very quickly. Yeah. And my young wife at the time, who was way too gorgeous for me to like leave at home every week. <laughs> uh for 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 a lot of different reasons um you know she put up with it and she you know bought into the dream like hey well, you know i trust him he's crazy and he's going to go do this and and but it's you know the harder you work and if you're patient like there's a there's a term like you know be a, a patient savage like uh-huh. be patient uh-huh. but be better at your job than everybody else and eventually it will happen and i i mean for you to be sitting here and doing the things you're doing and the job that you're quoting. And I mean, it's, I think you're a true Testament to it. I think it's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. We're excited to have you here every day. I, I I'm excited too. It'll be uh it'll be a lot easier um, than working two time zones apart. And yeah. 1500 miles. You're and a Midwestern guy. I yeah. am. I was, uh, I was born not too far from here. Yeah. Six hours, six and a half hours. So, um, I'll have to get used to the humidity again. That's been a killer, <laughs> yeah. but it, yeah. it'll be good. It'll, it, you, can it's sell, a good area. you can sell your snowboard. Yeah. We, uh, it's we not snowed here much. Yeah. I, uh, it'll be good. I'm getting too old to be on the slopes <laughs> anymore. So we can get you some water skis or something. Take you to the lake. Yeah. So, uh, th- this has been awesome. It's been fun. Who, you know, what are you looking forward to? You've been here for two years, like two that. years flies by. I mean, for me, I can remember when you got here, it feels like yesterday, what are you like most excited about? If you're, you know, if you're talking to like a new truck driver that just came on a couple months ago, maybe it's one of our guys in Texas and they're like, yeah, you know, it's just another company, whatever. Like, what are you telling them that you're excited about with, with whether it's where the industry's going, where our company's going, where you personally are going in your career? I mean, what, if you're waking up at 3 a.m. to get a bid out, why, you know, what's getting you out of bed to do that? Other than your phone buzzing, <laughs> I think uh, I think the big thing is there's going to be a ton of opportunity here in the next three to five years. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and there's not many companies that can be five years old and and do some of the work that we're doing right now, and we're continuing to build our resume as a company. Yeah, that only allows us. To to be even invited to some of these things, right? Invited to some of these pre-bids. We're starting to get to the point where the opportunities 
I'm going to have to tell Paul to stop. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I had a conversation with Paul and I said, it was the other night, um, we were out having a drink and I said, Paul, give us as much stuff as you can. And I will tell you when enough's enough. We'll, yeah. we'll beg for mercy. But I think, uh, there's going to be so many opportunities for the company as far as work goes, as far as jobs go in the next three to five years that goes back to patience. If you, if you're patient, you work hard yeah. and you want to be, you're in a haul truck. Now you want to be in an excavator, give it time yeah. because pretty soon we're going to have twice as many jobs as we do now. And yeah. again, you're, you've been here for three years now we're going to give you that opportunity because you've been here, you've been loyal. So just be patient. And I think things are going to explode here in the next, yeah, uh, even the next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are quoting a lot of stuff, a lot yeah. of fun stuff, but it's, it's, it's wild to me when you guys can walk on to a pre-bid and all the other four or five, six companies are 40, 50, 60, 70 year old companies. Right. But, yeah. and, and, and it's not like they're like, oh, here's this company and you just throw them in the hat. Like people are scared of you guys winning the things that you want to win. Not all of them you want to win, but you know, it's yeah, really it's, cool. You're, you're getting taken seriously, just like the companies that have been around for a hundred years. And it scares the big companies when some new guy comes in and they start <laughs> bidding this, this work. And I, I think we're getting to the point where we're getting those opportunities that come to us. And it may take a little while to, to win one of them, but if we keep throwing our name in the hat, eventually yeah. you're going to get one. Yeah. And, and all it takes is one to now build a relationship with that owner. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like we have going on right now. It's yeah. all it takes is that one job to build a relationship with a client and perform and overperform. And all of a sudden, wow. the opportunities go from, okay, we might get one bid from these guys every three months to, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I talked to Jared too. I'm like, I want to get to a point where we have to turn stuff away because we are so busy. And if it's a job that we don't want, we're going to price it and and – yeah, we're going to price it. And if we get it, great. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bonus, right? But we want to get to that point where we've got a bunch of clients that we're working with and Paul's no longer having to go search for things. He's just being handed things. Right. Yep. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think we're, in my opinion, we're at that point where the relationships that you guys have built and we've built over the last five, six years are starting to come to fruition where we're, having more opportunities and having to work less to even get those opportunities. Exactly. When it takes a long time to build a reputation, you know, you can kind of screw it up overnight, which is kind of the weird thing about a reputation, but it takes, I mean, to build a reputation in five or six years is really hard, Mm -hmm. especially a reputation where someone can depend on you. It's like these folks in Texas, someone can depend on you to come in and produce what they need to run their business from a sellable product. That's a lot of confidence in a contractor to do that. I mean, it's a big company, right? That's oh, a, a million tons, of, a million tons a month. And they didn't think you could do it. And, and, you know, three or four months in they're begging for mercy because we've got a 
you know, massive pile. I mean, it takes a long time and a lot of really good people to build a reputation. And, you know, I think a reputation snowballs too. I think once it's going, uh, especially in the right direction, it's really hard to stop it. Um, However, it can quickly, if you got the wrong people in the wrong spots, it can quickly go the other way. So that's what's excited me is just to see, you know, what you guys have been working on, um, the quality of the projects, the styles of the projects is, is what's really exciting. There's a lot of big projects coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing is there's a diversity of projects that we're looking at, right? It's not all just one type of project. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. If a guy is out there doing an overburden job in an excavator and says, hey, you know what, I, I'm done with this. Like, I want to try installing pipe. Well, we mm-hmm. got an opportunity for yep. you. Mm-hmm. And we're getting diverse in the sense that it's not just a one-dimensional thing. It's we're in every aspect of the mining, whether it's contract mining or stripping or tailings expansion, civil type work at tailing sites. It's, it's growing. And with that, your opportunities get larger, not only for, for us as a company, but for the operators and the the guys in the field, they're going to have the same opportunities to go learn and experience different things which is only going to make the company stronger. You get a guy that's been in an overburden job. He's like, I want to try doing something in the civil world. He goes and does that for two years. Now that guy is twice, three times as powerful, and you've got the opportunity to go overperform and meet expectations with other clients because you're giving that opportunity to everybody. Everybody's got that chance to learn new things, and it only helps grow the company and everybody in it. The 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 inverse is also true or the opposite is also true. The guy that has been on overburden in his hometown, whatever, and doesn't want to go take an opportunity to learn civil or to learn the big mining, you know, rigid trucks and all that. Like, Oh yeah. It's limiting for sure. Yeah. We've had some of those people. They're really good. They're really talented, but they're like, man, I, you know, I got this girl and there's nothing against girls. Right. But I got this girl and you know, Oh, you're offering me a job out west and it's a real interesting project i'd learn a ton i'd build my resume get experience i'm good man i just i want to sit at home and watch netflix on the weekends instead of well and again it it, it's not it's not that you can't make that choice it's just no someone else is going to make the other like in that and that that's someone's taking that role of course they are of course they are and they see the opportunity that lies in it. They, they, they see the whole argument. And so that, that's why I say it's just limiting. It's not, it doesn't end your career. It doesn't end whatever. It just, it narrows focus. And again, from an econ person, options yeah. equals value. Yeah, we, because if you can open door A, B, C, D, and E, is better than just being able to open door A. I'll t- I'll tell this one, and I might get him a little bit in trouble, so I won't name his name. But I I recently had a um, I kind of joked with a guy, one of our guys, um, and put out a put out a reel where like his uh-huh. face is on it. Uh-huh. He, he messaged me and said, "I'm going to get him in trouble." But he took he was so convinced in this theory, this theme of like grind in your early years. He's he's one of ours. Uh, engineer, he left, took a pay cut, left his comfort zone, going farther away from home. Yep. 
And, you know, I, I don't know that it's a step back in his career, but it's definitely not a massive leap up. And he knew, he took the reason he took the job, or at least so I've been told, maybe you know more than I do about it, but so he's been told is that is the path he's taking his career. Yeah. It's something different than what we could offer, but yes. he knew, hey, even if it's a little less money, the experience I get, the, the name I get to put on the resume the like tour of duty I'm doing at this next company, Bingo. like is it super valuable? And and, and in he a could lot have been the he could have been the guy here. Like you know, sure, he, sure. He he just knew that the only way that the path to get where he wanted required this as a prereq, and so he's got. And to Austin's point, like sign up for these things when you're young, right? Like you just you you. It's easier to do logistically all these things, and so you just you just got to go and take it. If that's the prereq, it's prereq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm super pumped for him. I'm I'm yeah. sad to see him go. He's a great one. But oh, he's an pumped. he's an alum. He'll stay close. What else? I mean, it's been we're at an hour. We try to keep these things around an hour. If if you uh, if you had to leave anybody with any thoughts, and you've got a ton of good ones. I mean, it's I, I want to do this again because there's so much more we didn't get into. Yeah. There'll be, a, there'll be a part two I have for more sure. Notes. And I know a ton of people want to hear about heavy job and heavy bid. And there's people that are out in the field that aspire to be in the office doing some of that. Like there's so much more to unpack. But if you had to like leave any of our guys with any like uh, words of advice or encouragement or, you know, career advice, uh, because like I said, a lot of them, you know, may not know you, but they will, they will after they listen to this, and then they're going to look up to you like, oh, man, yeah. that dude is, that dude's living the dream, <laughs> uh, you know, and I think you are living the dream. Some days it's a nightmare, but it's still a dream. <laughs> it is still a dream. <laughs> a dream, you know, so what would you, you know, if you got anything to say to those, those guys and gals, um, what would you tell them? I would say they're all in a good position right now. Whether you're a foreman, superintendent, excavator operator, dozer operator, haul truck driver, laborer, doesn't matter. Gaining experience in the field will set you up for the spot that I have right now. The mm. reason the reason that I can go do an estimate and know what I'm doing is because I spent years out in the field watching it. Right. And if you work your way up through the ranks um, and you you're a foreman at 35 years old and you've been a foreman for five years, you've been out in the dirt for 15 or 17 years. All you got to do is, you know, you know what you're doing at that point. It's just learning a software program. You just got to plug numbers in and know what you're doing. You got to plug the right numbers in, but if you've got that field experience, there's nothing stopping you from, if you want an office job, it's possible. It's, it's learning software how to communicate, which most of those guys at the superintendent foreman level can do, right? That's oh, yeah. why they're at that position. Well, I know there's so many people rolling their eyes like, oh, dude, this guy's telling me, you know, I'm a 35-year-old dirt guy. This guy's telling me just learn software. It's not that easy, dude. But what are those people doing when they get off work? Are they at the bar? Are they drinking? Are, or are they figuring out? Yeah. How, you can learn heavy bid for free online with YouTube videos. I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's training videos. There's everything. I think let's take the 35 year old guy, for example, he knows how to work a laptop and an iPhone yeah. and an He's iPad been doing it. He's been doing it his whole life. And 
yeah, hard, sometimes software programs are hard to figure out, but they have the capability to do it. They, oh. they can, they can learn things. I mean, if they started off as a laborer, now they're a foreman, they've learned something, right? <laughs> yeah. They're capable of learning. And that's the thing is don't discredit yourself. Yeah. If, and have the conversation. If, if you're a superintendent right now with us and you're like, Hey, I really think I might like a estimating type job. Have the conversation, make a phone call. If, if we don't know that it, that's where you want to be and you get frustrated and you quit. Yeah. We, we can try all we want, but don't be afraid to have the conversation. Yeah, and and, I'd, I'd tell them, see you at 3 a.m. on bid day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they want your job. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's spend as much time as you, you can in the field. Learn and absorb everything you can. And if you want an office job at that point, it's learning software, yeah. learning uh, some programs. Yeah. You, you know what you're doing. You just got to be able to input it into the system. Yeah, that's that's it's, great advice. And it's not an unreasonable thing to to think that somebody can do that. No. It, not at all. No. But there there is a starting point, right? Like don't don't shortcut. Don't go from a laborer to a senior estimator. It doesn't work that way. No, and yeah. and, and the the path is going to be a lot longer, right? Because you're starting as a laborer. Um, so can you get somewhere in five years? Probably not, but can you get somewhere in 10 to 20? Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's plenty of stories of guys that we've talked to or that we know or have worked here that they don't have a engineering degree. They don't have a yeah. construction management degree. They've worked their way from the bottom. Perfect example is my, my old boss started off as a pipe laborer. And by the time I left, he was a construction manager for the entire region. Yeah. And yeah, he, he it took him 30, 40 years to get there, but he did it. It's the perfect example. And he did of a guy. every job on the way up. Yep. And yeah. honestly, a guy that spent 15 years in the field probably knows a hell of a lot more than I do. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I may know software systems and, and that, but you also need a good combination of that. It, yeah. it, if someone doesn't know the software as well as I do, that's fine. I, I would rather have that person that has 20 years of experience doing pipe, concrete, mass earthwork because it's it's collaborative estimating is a collaborative effort yeah. and yeah. and we've done a lot more of that this year lately yeah, yeah. yeah. you have to you're not going to be good at everything you're not it, we used to joke you're a jack of all trades a master of none uh-huh. yeah. and sometimes it's better to be a jack of all trades sometimes it's better to be a master a master of, of yeah. one or two yeah. and if there's value in each of those. Yeah. And if you can bring the experience to the table and if it takes you a while to use the software, or you don't ever learn it. There's still value in having that experience and giving those insights without sitting behind a computer and running the software. I love uh, it. It's unreal. Well, I've had a blast. I mean, this yeah. was fun. Like I said, we, you're going to be here uh, in person very soon every day. So we're going to do this more and more. Yeah. And I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna end us the same way I ended us yesterday, which is my oh, new, oh boy. which is my new way. I I uh, really hope that if you love this podcast, send it to someone you love, yep. and if you hated it, send it to someone you hate. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Austin. This is Turner Mining Live. This is Turner Mining Live. <laughs> this is Turner Mining Live. <laughs> <laughs>